This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon and happy Thursday. It's Thursday already, you guys. We made it here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. We're streaming live and doing everything online, even on our YouTube page. You know, we have our own YouTube channel. Uh, I'm Bradley Trainer, along with Holly Roberts today and Grant. Colleen will be back with us next week, and we have to get right to the biggest story of the entire day. And that's not saying a lot, but in this case, it's a big story about Ellen DeGeneres. She's saying goodbye after 19 years, and today she got up in front of cameras, or at least we saw it today, and talked in detail about what led to her decision to leave her very uh, storied and now iconic role as Ellen on the show. Ellen! Ellen! Dancing Ellen! And she spoke, uh, she did two interviews, actually. One with, uh, well, on her actual show, after she made the announcement publicly to her audience that she would be leaving after 19 years. Um, But she spoke to Oprah about it, which we can talk about. But she also sat down uh, for an extended interview with Savannah Guthrie. And Holly, you kind of thought she missed the point, uh, or perhaps some of the points, of the criticisms that preceded her deciding to leave her show. Yeah, Ellen, Ellen. I don't really know if she was paying attention to the dialogue that was happening around the Ellen DeGeneres show for the past year. So I want to play a little clip from Ellen DeGeneres talking with Savannah Guthrie on today and listen to what Ellen has to say about understanding the workplace behavior that was going on on the set. She she will go into it into detail, but I just want to play this little snippet for you. So let's roll that beautiful bean footage. And I thought, well, if I don't come back, they win and I'm not going to let them win. Did you feel like you were being canceled? I felt like somebody had some kind, you know, I, I mean, I really didn't understand it. I still don't understand it. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought something was going on that, that because it was too orchestrated, it was too coordinated. And, you know, people get picked on, but for four months straight for me, and then for, you know, for me to read in the press about a toxic work environment when, when all I've ever heard from every guest that comes on the show is ha- what a happy atmosphere this is and how, what a happy place it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I was well, like, let me push oh, you on okay. that a little so bit. So that's Ellen DeGeneres you know, talking to Savannah Guthrie. Okay, so you thought she missed the point. What's what's the point that she's missing? Oh, well, she missed the point. The point of all of the conversations that were happening around the Ellen DeGeneres show were the treatment of the everyday workaday staff on the Ellen DeGeneres show and the kind of environment that these people worked in. And Ellen is not talking about those people at all in that statement. Yeah. She is talking about 
she points to somebody singularly. Now, I don't know if she's talking about a metaphorical person or if she's literally talking about somebody in the entertainment industry having a personal vendetta against Ellen. Maybe she starts her. She started listening to our program <laughs> and realizes that, you know, around every corner there is a conspiracy theory just waiting to be discovered. You know, that wouldn't shock me either. <laughs> that would not shock me. So there's that part of what Ellen had to say there in that clip. And then the second part was that she was clueless. She had no idea what was going on. And the reason that she had no idea what was going on on the st- uh, on the staff of her own show is that she always said that every celebrity said that everyone was kind. It was such a great show. Jeez. Oh, she said the celebrities yeah. So she could. It's not. We were not talking about the celebrities. Yeah. All this. Although, year. Th- th- you know, what she's doing is misdirecting, right? Because yes. there were celebrities yes. who made a point to say, and, well, and that actually disproves what she's saying, but there were celebrities who've since come out and said things. What she's saying is that they never told that to her. Right. But you. This, well, and I don't want to uh, tread on um, the point that you're trying to make, so I'll save a certain amount of this, but, like, that's the whole point. Like, the fact that you're you're not privy to things is because of who you are and the position that you are in. Of course people were not going to talk about that directly to you, because if they felt like they were in a toxic workplace, I bet the last person they're going to show up and try to share that with is the person they feel is in charge of everything. Yeah, you know, a big-time movie star is probably not going to go, hey, Ellen, I kind of saw one of your production assistants being treated like crap by one of your senior producers. You might want to go in and step in and, and fix that. Yeah. They're not, that's not the kind of relationship that was being cultivated. Now, Ellen does go on to say, and there have been some, in some of the reports that we were reading about the toxic workplace environment on The Ellen Show, that some people were speaking to the fact that, you know, there is probable cause that Ellen didn't actually know what was going on because there were reports that senior producers on the Ellen DeGeneres show deliberately mm, protected Ellen from knowledge of how the actual workaday world of that show was in its reality. So is the point that you're trying to make then that perhaps the fact that she didn't see it that is in and of itself not an excuse right or that's not a justifiable position when you are the leader of an organization or an outfit you know as the person as the name you know you're at the top so yeah. if you didn't know about it that's a problem yeah that is a problem and also that's that is not what we have been talking about this whole year you know we have been talking about the treatment of employees on the set of Ellen DeGeneres. And so she doesn't address any of that, the, any of the people who have talked about, you know, I was a, a a coordinator on the show and how horrible it was. It just like the whole conversation just gets to your point, Bradley, it just gets deflected into other areas. And it's also personalized in a way that's totally okay. So at the, uh, at the same time, understandable, but also yeah. completely a symptom of the problem. Right. And that's why I think if you take a step back, as I watched that, the um and if you're just joining us we're talking about ellen showing up for the first time on her show to talk about her decision to end her show after 19 years and some of the criticism that's been around uh for the last year or so but as i watched the full 30 some minutes with savannah guthrie i thought that was actually far more eye-opening by the way than her um bit with with oprah the interview with oprah we can talk about that later but i think the most important thing right now is the most enlightening 
conversation was the one that she had with Savannah Guth- Guthrie because Savannah did a good job asking the right questions, I think. But in listening to those to that conversation, it became very clear to me that this it just shows the limits of personality driven media. So what I mean by that is like it's been 19 years since that winning formula has been front and center. Yeah. And on top, and things have changed in those 19 years. We're not as willing, I think, to put up with this notion that, like, Ellen is this two-dimensional character, right? Like, we're living in a world now that demands a little bit more out of people who are in that kind of a position. And it seems to me that that one of the things we potentially have learned over that span of 19 years is that... Um, I, I, it appears that they have created this sort of bubble around Ellen, right? Like, Ellen is the thing that's, you know, on the name of the show. It's She's the face of everything. But it's so much more than that. She has 250 employees. She's got countless projects on the side. And yet, she's still holding herself out as, like, the thing. It's mm-hmm. Ellen. It's a person. Yes. And not no one person can be that simple, uh, and how how do I put this into words? Like, it's just, we are not willing to afford one person that level of power without a certain level of criticism and, and expected self-reflection. Uh, yeah, you know, I totally agree with you, Bradley, that the interview with Savannah Guthrie was really enlightening. And, and she did kind of talk about that a little bit the whole origin of her be kind brand that it was it came from a really authentic place for her a long time ago when there were lgbtq kids that were being bullied that were taking their own lives and she really backed that be kind message and then it that be kind message evolved into a whole business positioning and the whole Ellen empire was built around that. And so then it's kind of like, you know, you, you start one place and then you end up in a place that perhaps is a little different. Well, than also, you thought. also, you know, you talk about this company that has 250 employees, yeah. but then everything in this conversation with Savannah Guthrie is like me. Yes. I'm a person who does this. I am a kind person. I, I don't I'm not mean to people. But if I am understand that I'm sometimes I'm anxious and sometimes I'm depressed, I can't always be the be kind person. And I'm like, it's. Uh, that is all understood, but that's but then that sounds like an excuse, yeah. and that doesn't that's too simplistic to also accept that you could be a super kind person, but you're also the head of an organization that has turned into something that people feel is um, challenging or needs to be changed, and your response to those you know concerns shouldn't just be to take it as a personal attack. And I think, again, just the whole like weird intermingling of a personality and a, you know, um, a franchise and a big corporation and lots of, you know, money like that, that is way more complicated now by the world we live in than perhaps it was 19 years ago. Right. Well, I think you hit on the money part. At the end of it, you know, you are responsible for this organization. You know, she was talking about the different avenues of content creation that have branched out from the Ellen DeGeneres show. She's like, you know, if you still are interested in things, we've got Ellen Tube, we've got these production companies, we've got all of this other kind of stuff that is complicated. And that's ultimately where I feel like 
she didn't necessarily want to reveal how the sausage was made. Because going into that kind of structural issue on the set of the Ellen DeGeneres show would just be maybe a little well, and, too much. To and get she's into. got a lot that she's protecting. Like she's, yeah. It's also kind of this fallacy that she's going anywhere. She's not going anywhere. That show's going to come to an end. But she and the things that she's doing are so much more than that one thing. Right. And I wish we had more time to talk about it. Perhaps we'll talk about it later in the show because there is just so much more. There was this whole conversation where she talks about she just wants to be on an island right now. Just float. I'm like, girl, you and the entire world and to listen to you. And I don't want to oversimplify her legitimate concerns or legitimate humanity, but after watching 30 minutes of her telling us how bad things have been, I'm thinking about the people for whom things have actually been really bad, including but not limited to the employees that raised those concerns in the first place. So it comes off a little tone deaf. But again, just like her comedy special read a little tone deaf uh, on Netflix the last time around, because here she is, this super successful person, you know, trying to seem or not successful, but super wealthy, um, accomplished person trying to seem super relatable. It's complicated. It's not that easy anymore. Mm -hmm. All right. When we come back, somebody who's going to turn the complicated into easy is our understanding of pop culture. It's Elizabeth Reese with a dirt alert right here on My Talk 107.1. This is a My Talk dirt alert. And here with all the latest from Hollywood and beyond, it's our wonderful friend, Ms. Elizabeth Reese. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. We're good. Harry is uh, talking about his life. (laughs) Surprise. He's talking a lot about it. Yeah. He's on Dak Shepard's podcast, uh, which is, of course, called Armchair Expert. And here's what he said. Um, He compared royal life to... Uh, the omnipresent cameras of the Truman show Mm. in this interview. And uh, he shared some never before heard stories with Dak Shepard and his co-host. He said the first time Megan and I met up for her to come and stay with me, we met up in a supermarket in London, pretending we didn't know each other, texting each other from the other side of the aisles. Just for fun. I guess he said, there's people looking at me, giving me all these weird looks and coming up to me and saying, hi, like weird foreplay? I don't, I mean, I don't you know. You go, kids. I feel like if you're Harry, don't you know when you walk into a grocery store, you're going to get some weird eyes? I would yeah. think that probably would people would really recognize him, particularly there. I mean, here he could probably be more incognito, True. right? Yeah. True. Um, but he said uh, that being in this tiny group of royals watched by millions is like a mix of being in... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Truman Show and living in a zoo. 
And he said, it's the job, right? Grin and bear it. Get on with it. I was in my early 20s and I was thinking, I don't want this job. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be doing this. Look what it did to my mom. How am I ever going to settle down and have a wife and family when I know it's going to happen again? And he said, I've seen behind the curtain. I've seen the business model and seen how this whole thing works. And I don't want to be part of this. You know, I think there is a certain, for all of their unrelatability, the one thing I can um, find myself fantastically trying to empathize with is you would feel trapped because you had no choice. Right. You are born in. Now, clearly, there is a choice, and he made the choice, Mm -hmm. and so he really wasn't trapped. But the feeling of being trapped when you're a child in that family, I imagine, is a real feeling. And And no one is telling you otherwise that you can do something else. Like No one is setting the example for you. Right. I mean, think about the relatability factor of, say, your family owns a business, you know, and maybe it's somebody is expected to take over the business. Imagine that times a thousand in terms of. This is the family business and this is your identity that was assigned to you as a baby without your consent. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to continue doing. You know, I mean, and there's always the you've got resources, so things are easier for you. That's true. That's fair. But it also doesn't mean that just because you have money, you're happy. Just because you're going to be compensated means that you like the work that you're doing. I don't know. There's yeah. lots of people who would who think about families for whom it's really important for them to have like a doctor in the family, right? And they're like, you're going to go and you're going to be a doctor. Well, yeah, you can make a lot of money as a doctor. Does it mean that if you didn't want to be a doctor, you're happy being a doctor? Probably not. Yeah, people mm-hmm. can people can relate to that. I think it's just the um, it's the uh, degree, perhaps. And also now that we've seen that you can make another choice, yeah. hopefully that will become less of an issue. Like, like I don't think that Harry was as trapped as, say, his um, mother right. and his grandmother. Or William. And you, like, I just I think it's gotten progressively better for them. So at a certain point, you're like, okay, you guys, so I think we're getting to a place yeah. Yeah. you should feel good about. But he's certainly not the first person to leave. No, no absolutely. No, you know, Queen Elizabeth's uncle abdicated the whole throne. Exactly. Yeah. And look, so, I mean, look how he ended up. Way bigger deal. Yeah. Well, and to think for more senior royals, the, you know, the kind of historical consequences that happen when you make a personal choice like that. Yeah. In the institutional also, choices. Also, can we just talk? Because, like, if you start going back beyond just this family. I love this. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thing, this, I think it really is just this family. So th- there are a lot of problems with the royal experience all throughout history blah 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 yeah but like this very unique experience of we are in a fishbowl is a very modern creation because of like what i'm not saying it's their fault i'm just saying they occupy a very specific place in the evolution of the royal family and mm-hmm. what's expected from them yeah because past you know queen elizabeth's uncle um, they really got to do whatever the heck they wanted, and and nobody was like staring at them with a micro or a magnifying glass, yeah, mm-hmm. or a microphone, or a or a microphone, yeah, exactly, because yeah, they haven't All been invented things. yet. They're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know that evolution is interesting. I think um, this might be a podcast that would be worth listening to. He talked about when he started doing therapy that that was when the floodgates kind of opened, the bubble was burst, and he said, um, "How is he going to do things differently?" And how is he going to make his mom proud? And he felt like that was going a different route for him.
you know, that's a that's a real loss, guys. I mean, oh, God, I especially yeah. in such a way that the whole world witnessed it. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of trauma with that. Um, Carrie Ann and Abba, single again. I didn't know she wasn't one. single. She's, she loves love, and she wants love so much, and it's so hard for her to find lasting love because every time she finds someone, she gets engaged, and she's this big announcement, and then it's like toast again. So is this another engagement that didn't, Make it? It wasn't an engagement, but it was like a long-term relationship. Mm. And here's what she said. I am single again. I am also grateful for what was. Confused, uncertain of the future, sad, hopeful. I mean, she goes on and on. I feel like she's had a rough go lately because, you know, know, she walked away from... Well, I don't want to say walked away, but she left... She has a lot of health problems. Uh, she, she has like yeah. all of these like autoimmune conditions yeah. that mm-hmm. cause a lot of problems. Um, and so she needed to take some time away from the talk to do some health things. She is expected to be back on Dancing with the Stars. Well, that's good. I, that's I, an easy gig, though. I enjoy her on there more than I did her replacement. Oh, I don't even know. <clears throat> Julianne F. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she wasn't my favorite. Yeah. Too much energy. Too much energy. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the all-girl group Fifth Harmony? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Allie Brooke uh, has a podcast. She was part of that group. She said that there was so much toxicity plaguing the band that it ruined her experiences. She said, we're going to be in the history books because of the hits and the anthems and the great songs. Um, But she said uh, her time in Fifth Harmony, she said, I didn't enjoy it. I didn't love it. It was abuse, abuse of power, oh, all this stuff. Oh, my gosh. Well, I look forward the, to that podcast. Yeah, I guess. to the future. There May you go. Be Thank you, Elizabeth. Thanks, friends. Elizabeth Reese, of course, from Twin Cities Live every day at 3 on KSTP Channel 5. When we come back, blind items, little juicy bits of gossip with the names left out. Holly's got them for us when we come back right here on the Colleen and Bradley Show. Bye! Oh, welcome back to a beautiful Thursday. I don't know if it's beautiful outside because I have no windows, but I'm pretending it is. So I hope for your sake it is because if it's not, I'm sorry, but at least you have this show. It's the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. I'm the Bradley. That's the Holly and the Grant. We're all here right now to share little bits of gossip and have some fun. And I think we even have a special guest. Let's do it. Yes, we have that very special guest. She's like sunshine for your ears. It's Donna Valentine from the Donna and Steve show. Do I have to put on a cream? (laughs) SPF in my ears. Yes. Oh, you don't use a Q-tip. Okay, Bradley. All right. All right. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. That's not for your ears. No, it's not. Want to solve some celebrity gossip mysteries? Let's do it. Thanks, Donna. Hi. I can't see you because I'm in a hole. It's okay. So I've got a blind item, Bradley, that we did last week, but it's new to Donna. Okay, good. And we were wrong about it, so we need to correct the record. Dun, dun, dun. Here we go. Now confirmed. This foreign-born dual-threat A-list actor has it in his contract with the superhero universe that he can't have any Botox or fillers or (laughs) any type of surgical procedure that provides the same effect. Apparently, he's working very hard to get that changed because he doesn't think he's attractive any longer. Oh, I I heard this. You guys said, um, oh, what's his name? Weird name, Benedict Cumberbatch, right? Yeah, we were wrong. Okay. Can we? Should we guess? Yes, please. Okay, Donna, do you have an idea? No. So, like, the name that first jumped to mind for me was not a foreign-born dual threat actor. So that's not worth anything. What does dual threat mean? That means that they uh, there's two of them. <laughs> that they've starred. <laughs> The singular person on both film and television. 
I gotcha. Okay. Yep. Okay. Film the TV and movies. TV. TV, TV's movies. Okay. Movies, movies. Got it. Um. <laughs> now I'm going to give you a hint. This person is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That means nothing to me or Donna. How about the Wolfman guy? The Wolverine guy. Oh, that's guy. a good guess. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yes. No, it's not okay. Hugh Jackman. Okay. All right. I was just trying to just trying to get there. Open the door a little. Yeah. Right. Wolfman guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we knew what she meant. Also known as Wolverine. Yes, Wolverine. Right. I did get there. You got uh, there. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it is not Hugh Jackman, who is a very attractive. No. Uh, this person man. plays a somewhat villainous character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, uh, ooh. Somewhat villainous. I think he was a villain in the first Avengers movie. Is he, was he a, a big vi- hint? Oh, I'm vi- oh. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. That's the Penguin from like <laughs> right. 1989, and that's not Marvel, is it? Okay. No, I don't DC. know the difference. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't either. Okay. Um, what about Ooh. a dual threat? Yes, this person starred on a limited series that aired on AMC a couple of years ago. A lot of people liked it. Um, who's the guy who played? Um... Was he in Thor? Is it the Thor guy? Yeah, he's Loki? A Thor. Yeah. Loki, Loki, Loki. But it's I don't Loki. know who that is. Okay, let's just say names. Uh, Henry Cavill. No, he's no. hot. Um, how about the guy who used to date Taylor Swift? No, but that's a good guess. Thank you. Uh, of I course. just dinged Donna. She's oh, right. You did. Oh, oh my God, that's Loki. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. What's his name again? What's his name? It's it's a it starts with an H maybe. Ham well, whom Ham. And he starred in that movie about the hotel. Yes, Horb. that's a limited series. Yes. He. Howard. Oh gosh, Tom right. Hiddleston. There oh. it is. There's the H. How did we do it? We don't know. I don't know, but We're you fabulous. did it. Good job, Donna. <laughs> so let's fill in the blank. Tom Hiddleston has it in his contract with the Marvel Cinematic Universe that he can't have any Botox or fillers. But apparently, Tom Hiddleston is working very hard to get that changed because he doesn't think he's attractive anymore. That's so sad. He's very attractive. And do they have people who like put photos up or and they're like, oh. Oh, I think you might have had some work there, Tom. Probably, yeah. Oh, um, God. Can you just... be? Let's be grateful we don't have faces to worry about. I think we might all have faces. I'm just I'm saying, sure. like, okay. nobody cares if we get plumped and plumped. That's true. Like, like what? Is B. Arthur going to fire us for getting a nose job? I mean, I feel like, no. What's the next blind item? Let's do that. But who all knows? Right. I wouldn't... Press your luck, Donna. Yeah. Here's another celebrity gossip mystery. All right, solve this. Apparently, panic attacks are the new bad drug reactions. If you're a one-named foreign-born singer with a highly paid PR team at your disposal. Mm, okay, we know who this is. Starts with a G. And it ends with an S. Rhymes with? Um, rhymes. Ding <laughs> for it's you. It's rhymes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... Apparently, panic attacks are the new bad drug reactions. If you're Grimes and you've got a highly paid PR team at your disposal. What was that about? Like, Because I saw that headline and I was like, yeah. that is the first time I've ever heard of somebody being hospitalized. I mean, look, I actually was hospitalized at one point in my life for a panic attack. Mm-hmm. So I understand that's a thing. It's not fun. Um, but like after an episode of Saturday Night Live that well it so on Monday tell me tell me if this sounds right Holly on Monday she posted some pictures of herself with Miley Cyrus backstage at SNL and then said I would have posted more 
or I would have posted sooner, something to that effect, but I had a panic attack and ended up in the hospital. I guess it's time to get counseling or something like that. Uh, yeah, and it's, she said, I suppose it's a good time to start therapy. Yeah. To which one would say, yes, any time is sure. a good time Always to a good start time. that. Exactly. But it was such a weirdly random pose. Well, see, your spider senses got tingled a little bit, yes. didn't they? Where it was like, well, this... Hmm, well, what? PMI, oh, you didn't okay. have to tell us all that. Yeah, and you know, it, it struck me as perhaps if this happened in 2006, Grimes said she would have had dehydration. Mm. Oh, right. remember that excuse? Ex- exhaustion. Yes. It was always musicians. Yes. It's true. Performers Mariah who would be like, Carey. I can't go on tonight because I've been dehydrated. Yeah. yeah. So she was like, basically oh. trying to get ahead of whatever might come out about her yeah she- well let's hope that um it, that's the, the, the truth or what well, i don't know I'm just, i just don't want her to suffer yeah hopefully Aww. she's well you know we wish her yeah. the best stay weird man should yeah. we do another one yeah another celebrity gossip mystery for bradley and donna to solve he isn't actually a chef <laughs> but he has made a career hosting food shows that always highlight his massive ego. A poor fan this week thought the ego was just for show and asked for a photo. I'm sure the bleep off was not something that she expected. Oh, no. Okay, so this is a person who hosts shows about food, but isn't necessarily, they don't necessarily have the training to be called a chef. Yeah, they wouldn't be known as a celebrity chef. Oh, but they host food shows. Yes. And Who people hosts? probably make the assumption, oh, there's so many. It could be Guy Fieri. Don't say that about my Guy Fieri. No, it's not Guy Fieri. Because oh, he does a lot of good stuff. I Fieri, love Guy Fieri. He is a stand-up human being. He has the most amazing burger joint on Carnival Cruise Lines, and oh, I'm not even right? joking. Oh, I was thinking about all the donations. <laughs> I was too, to help. Like, I'm sorry. I was thinking of my stomach. <laughs> Way to make it about you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Ellen. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, is this person still with us? Well, they're not dead. They just... Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God! Why did you <laughs> unnecessarily? Well, I was just trying to think of hosts like Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, this person. Rachel Ray. No, because she, she makes actually food. makes food, Donna. Uh, this person, you know, they've been lying so. Give us a hint. All right, so they used to have a show on the Food Network, and they would talk about food in a more oh. cerebral Alton contextual. Brown. Thank you. Yes. Ding. Yes, I was a big fan. He was more of like we talk about the science portion of. You know, he's still food. got like a thing going on during the pandemic because I watched a couple videos. Like, it was just him, like, in a studio. I think he had, like, a camera person. Anyway, read the thing. Okay, so, Alton Brown, uh, he has a massive ego. And a poor fan this week thought that the ego was just for show and asked for a photo with Alton Brown. But NT Lawyer says, I'm sure the bleep off was not something that the fan expected. Oh, Oh, that makes me sad. I really liked him. The first turkey I ever made was from a recipe of his. Was it really? Yeah. I just, I did not enjoy his, like... Science, like Doc, Mr. Science approach. I get it. Mr. Science, that's Bill Nye, the, the science, science guy. guy. That's, no, that's wait. no, because Mr. Science is like a no, oh, that's that was a Mr. Thing? Wizard, <laughs> <laughs> right? Is that what you're talking Mr. about? Mr. Science, I don't know. 
I'm just making was up Was a lecture. Words. Yeah, no, Mr. Oh. Science is different. Okay. Jason Lindsay? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, there's Bill Nye the Science I don't know. Guy. I don't, this doesn't look uh, Mr. familiar. Mr. Science, Mr. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Wizard, and let's not forget Beekman and his rat oh. sidekick. Oh, that was my favorite. What was, the rat's, what was the rat's name? I don't know. On Beekman's World. I'm Great just, show, though. I'm just ratty rat face. <laughs> <laughs> he did have an accent like he was from uh, the Bronx or yes. Staten Island. Did, yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, guys, what a journey. Uh, really, truly. <laughs> Who knew we were going to end here? Hey, guys, so earlier today we were playing the College of Pop Culture Knowledge, and my topic was women of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and Donna's last answer for one of the questions was... Frank Zappa. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> It's Friday. I mean, I, mean, I get it. He led the band Friday. called the Mothers of Invention. So your brain. There oh, you go. There you yes, go. thank you, Holly. We right. don't you have time for another one, and I wish we really did. Me too. Because I see the words steroids, strippers, and serial cheater. Oh, can we do it tomorrow? Yeah, we'll yeah. do it tomorrow. Excellent. Nice. All right. Thank you, Donna, You're for joining welcome. us for another blind item. Holly, <laughs> thanks for dishing them blind items. And when we come back, we're heading to Publationship Corner. It's Volms. Don't know what a Volms is? Find out on the other side of this right here on My Talk 1071. Get out there and enjoy that beautiful, sunny spring, although it's a little cold. We could do a little warm, but that's fine. Weather here uh, in Minneapolis, St. Paul area, perhaps that's where you're listening, or maybe you're listening online or watching on our YouTube channel. Go do it. This is the Colleen and Bradley show. That voice you hear behind me. Is Holly Roberts. That's right. Colleen will be back next week. And now we got to head to Publationship Corner. Boom. We'll get an opener for that someday. But what's a Publationship, Holly? A Publationship is a relationship for the service of publicity. Trademarked yeah. right here on the Colleen and Bradley Show. Please don't use it without referencing us or we'll sue you. Not really. Um, okay, so we've talked about Publationships for a long time on the show. Celebrities who use their relationship for publicity. Holly, we need to talk about Volms. Ooh, we haven't talked about them in a couple of weeks at least. Do you, it's been so long, do you remember what a Volms is? A Volms is a Katie Holmes and an Emilio Vitolo Jr., Good one. Yeah, I remember. Remember. (laughs) Because we've talked about them a lot. But um, we have an update. And I want you to get your eye rolls out. Um, And Grant, feel free to put your fingers on the eye rolls because I don't know where they are. Um, If you even know where they are. But um, this story is going to make your eyes roll out of your head, Holly Roberts. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, God. Oh, there they go already. See? They're already on the floor. According to OK Magazine, and and we have to do the thing that we do on the show, which is like, let's t- let's talk about the story and then see like what the story, if anything, uh, means something. All right. Oh, great. Great. Katie Holmes reportedly, quote, dumped Emilio Vitolo Jr., questioning if he, quote, had ulterior motives for dating her. 
Jeez. So, <laughs> after OK reported that Katie Holmes was pumping the brakes on their relationship with Emilio Vitolo Jr. due to their relationship moving, quote, too fast, sources are buzzing that the duo is definitely donezo. Okay, so Holly, basically this story says that Katie was like, um, something doesn't smell right here. So she decided to pull away from Emilio Vitolo Jr., who, by the way, is the son of a guy who has a very famous restaurant in New York and loves when celebrities come to visit and have dinner. Eventually, she called Emilio and told him it was over. Quote, she dumped him because she began to wonder, Holly, if Emilio, who'd had dreams of making it big in Hollywood, maybe had ulterior motives for dating her, you know, with all her Tinseltown pals and connections. Okay, so that's the story that Katie Holmes uh, saw the obvious, which is that he was a climber of uh, famous people. And says that's why she broke it off. What are we to make of this story? Or what do you make, dear avid watcher of pop culture and all things publicationships, make of this? Well, we've been watching this publicationship unfold, Bradley. And it's been right there, front and center. Paparazzi walks, holding hands, having intimate dinners at Emilio Vitola Jr.'s restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting if the relationship is over. Obviously, this comes from Katie Holmes's camp. They want to separate her from this guy. It, the relationship may already be over because I think the last time that we talked about Katie Holmes and Emilio Vitolo Jr. is when she was working on the set of a new movie and that they were kind of slowly drifting in their own directions. Yeah, and then d- remember how it went from like every day, and again, you guys, we we pay attention to tabloids way more than most people do, so I get it if most people are like, how do you know this? Because every single day before, it was Emilio Vitolo Jr. and Katie Holmes walking through the streets of New York. Well, then, after uh, the point you just raised took place where she was, like, off doing a movie and suddenly they weren't together every day, then we started seeing, like, her on the street by herself um, doing paparazzi strolls alone or uh, with her daughter. And that's where we got caught up on how old Surrey Cruz is. So it was a very definite shift in the paparazzi Stroll. Yes, exactly. So this is all kind of the narrative of perhaps doing a little bit of retroactive mm, public persona damage control in a certain degree because it's basically saying, well, Emilio Batolo Jr. is a, a star bleeper. And so she found out. And so now she's like moving away. Well, okay, perfect opportunity to put the blame on Emilio Batolo Jr. And then Katie Holmes looks like the one that was not looking for attention, even though, you know, one could argue that Katie Holmes was blatantly participating. Oh, of course she was. In, in this. So like, let us not forget that she was trying to work the angle too. This is a woman who remember in the mid in the height of a global pandemic was sending us photo shoots of her decorating cupcakes for her like the wine company that she was, you know, uh selling. Yeah. Because like she was in her apartment making cupcakes for Naomi wine. So it's not my point is she's not a stranger to, you know, publicity. Yeah, for the purposes of her career, well, which is exactly what a publicationship is. Therefore, this whole narrative about their relationship being turned into tabloids is 
completely predictable. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and also, too, you know, the whole nature of a publication ship. Yeah, you got the attention. Katie Holmes and Emilio Vitola Jr. got the attention. I mean, we were talking about them walking down the street and just being very PDA-erific. If you want to be noticed being PDA-erific on the streets of Manhattan, you can do that with a fair degree of anonymity. That's a big town. People walk down New York City streets and nobody even notices. But you were calling in the attention. Yeah. And perhaps that attention ultimately led people to have a certain point of view of Katie Holmes that her people were like, "Mm, honey, Katie, we need you to really reconsider this. Or, I mean, you can also see a situation where in his attempt to get as much traction out of this relationship was equally true. Like, right? Like, they both served a purpose for each other like he was trying to get attention and then that attention you could see being like okay if our relationship is just gonna be like us getting headlines so that you i mean it's a plausible narrative that he was a uh, a star bleeper i gotta be careful where i put my bleeps because yes. i don't want to say a bleep bleeper anyway um <laughs> it's a totally plausible narrative that 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 was the case because based on the stories we read in the tabloids that sounded true the problem is taking anything at face value from tabloids is problematic at at the very least at the so, very least so somebody we can at least say somebody wanted us to know about those two in a relationship and now somebody wants us to know about them not in a relationship yes the narrative is clear well now emilio we got what i i feel like they both got what they wanted out of this publicationship and now it's time to move on and they want everyone to know that katie holmes and emilio are ready to move on to the next phase of life as is apparently the music that is ending this segment we're ready to move on and we are and we're gonna have a conversation on the other side of this break what adult tv show did you watch as a kid? Which is kind of weird. Why were you watching adult TV programming? We're going to talk about that when we come back right here on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 107.1. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Choose from a variety of accessories like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500. With available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards.